welcome to the audio newsletter for the Northwestern Program in Sound Arts and Industries. I'm Brad West. Today we'll be taking you on a journey through some of the facilities associated with our MA. We'll begin with Professor Neil Verma and me at our home, the Sound Tank. Journey on to a brand new state-of-the-art soundstage and recording studio, and finish off exploring a mysterious disc archive. It's all quiet here in the sound tank. Yeah, sort of. I'd better move to another room. Hey, Brad. Hi, Neil. Through the magic of radio, Professor Verma, the associate director of the MA program, has appeared. We're going to introduce our listeners to some of the new facilities, some of the programming that's going on already at Northwestern that will become part of the new MA program in sound arts and industries. So why don't we start with the global headquarters of the master's program here in the Sound Tank. The Sound Tank is the official name of a suite in the Francis Searle building on the North Campus here in Evanston. It's a meeting place and workspace for sound-minded research and teaching at Northwestern. Currently, we've got lots of construction going on, new computer labs, new editing suite, new conference room, new podcasting stations, all going on at the exact same time. And what's going on in that? Oh, you mean the one with the light on? The one with the light on. The one with the light on is going to be the office of our internship coordinator to help students one-on-one with getting into internships that they are interested in. TV studios, uh, movie studios, post-production, radio stations, uh, podcasting companies, theater companies. And we also have office space here for visiting faculty. Uh, if we have people coming from overseas to teach master classes, artists and residents, they'll all be located here. So if you come to this program, uh, you'll not only be editing in this space, you'll also be meeting people, working with our internship coordinator and a lot of the staff. Are you entering the room? Should we sneak in? We're going to go into the computer lab that is under construction. Ooh. Green. Do you know what that smell is? That's the smell of sound studies. And paint. One of the things that we're really excited about at Northwestern is uh, having an opportunity to help out not only professionals who really have a hands-on understanding of the tools and techniques that are used in contemporary audio, but also helping to teach some newcomers who had, have really interesting ideas about sound and are really excited about it, but don't quite have the, the hands-on knowledge. Uh, so this space is going to be a space for both of those groups. If you're inspired by sound, you'll probably be spending a lot of time in here, and it'll hopefully be humming day and night. Soundtank's computer lab has 12 workstations that we're busy installing with brand new computers and editing equipment. There are these sound editing booths that we had installed. Now we're back in the main office area. They're specifically for people who want to use this space to create podcasts. So the walls are dampened, you'll have your own editing station in there, there's glass doors, and so there should be lots of opportunities for you to kind of use this space to create your own audio. What about the patio, the most important part? We have this great patio, envisioning lots of space to socialize, have coffee. Every year we have an, a big opening barbecue uh, hosted by our director. And we also have our own resident bunny rabbit, whom I have nicknamed Studs after Studs Turkle. But right now I can see his tracks going all around our little patio.
now let's journey on with sound arts and industries professor Stefan Moore to the brand new Northwestern Soundstage, where we'll meet... Rick Morris, I'm an Associate Dean for Administration and Finance, and I worked with the faculty team to help realize their vision in Northwestern University's new soundstage. A bit over a thousand square feet of production space, augmented by several hundred square feet of a brand new state-of-the-art control room. Picture a cool, sleek recording studio with wide open space, removable panels in the floor, and a giant projector screen on the wall. Great sight lines. That's Stefan Moore. You can see from our control booth and also from the radio station WNURs through uh, these great big glass windows into the isolation booth. The purpose of an ISO booth is to put, for example, a drum set that could interfere with the balance of the rest of the instruments. And then you would mic that separately and mix it separately. To, just to demonstrate the power of the isolation booth, I'm going to slowly close this door. Uh, and uh, at a certain point, you won't be able to film anymore. And so hopefully, uh, nothing I said while the door was closed was uh, audible to your recording device. Otherwise, we, we have to get the room fixed. <laughs> <laughs> like any good recording studio, you have no two walls at a right angle. Everything is at these slightly off angles so that there are no reinforced reflections in the room. What strikes me about this space is the size, both uh, sort of just the size of the floor space to work in, and also vertically, the amount of height we have to be able to work really creatively with uh, sound and different speaker configurations. It's uh, aesthetically beautiful from a, a black ceiling to gray walls to uh, a kind of light brown grayish uh, wood floor. Uh, in addition, of course, this is a scoring stage setup. So we have a very large, uh, approximately 20 or 25 foot scoring screen that we can project movies on fixed room lighting that's dimmable and configurable, plus the ability to install and use theatrical and motion picture lighting in the room. Meant to be not just a sound stage, but also a film stage. The studio has a special pit for doing Foley work. What's that? Well... So what we're looking at today is uh, sort of a, a lowered concrete floor, but that will contain different kinds of gravel and stones and sand and different sorts of surfaces to, so that uh, one can stand in this room, look at a screen and watch a film go by and then try and mimic the movements that are happening in the film. That is the, that is the job of the Foley artist, to take uh, reality and heighten it or make it more believable. For example, if there was a, a breaking glass in a movie, you would break it in this concrete pit here, close mic it and have the sound of breaking glass. and. Uh, you can make it exactly the way that you want to, mm -hmm. and you can break as many glasses as you need to. Today, as we're here talking, there are technicians in the next room putting the finishing touches on the beautiful new SSL mixing board. Uh, a 48 input board, so we have both the analog and the digital. We're expecting that the people who come to study in the new Master of Arts in Sound Arts and Industries will be uh, making uh, heavy use of, of this facility since this is really being built with what a lot of their potential needs will be in mind. Now we'll meet back with Neil and me, just a few steps away from the sound tank. The new sound tank facilities will help our students be part of a new era of digital audio. 
but just one floor down, in the basement of the same building, we discovered a lost treasure trove of Radio's past. Well, now we're gonna take a gander at a transcription disc archive, which is in the basement of this building. The elevator ride is a lot slower than normal, but the reason has to do with sound. Now, why was it so slow? So just down the hall from where we're standing right now, there is an anechoic chamber. An anechoic chamber is a room that has a suspended floor and has enormous amounts of sound dampening materials on the walls. The purpose of an anechoic chamber is to create a perfectly clean listening environment. So it's a place where you can do medical tests, it's a place where you can test different devices. When they built this building, one of the things they wanted to do was make sure that the elevators didn't produce too much vibration to ruin the acoustic of the anechoic chamber. I'm not going to mince words. This is spooky. Hello. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Laura LaPlaca. I'm a grad student here at Northwestern. I'm Camille Michelotti. I'm an undergraduate student at Northwestern. We are trying to triage the condition of about 7,000 uh, transcription discs that we're going through systematically, figuring out what's on them and what kind of state they're in. And they're not commercial recordings. They're used by institutions like broadcast networks to record the live programming coming out of, over the air. People are probably imagining like vinyl discs right now. These are quite a bit larger than that and they're made of different stuff, right? Right. They're 16 inches um, and they're made mostly of aluminum, but during the World War II period, they are made of glass, which makes them one of the most fragile recording formats. They're made for a lot of reasons, um, sometimes to play back performances to agents and performers themselves, but a lot of times to make pilot programs and records of what's going on at stations. They're in excellent condition. You can get maybe six plays. Uh, most of these are in good or fair condition, so we're looking at maybe one or two. These discs were donated to Northwestern 50 years ago by a Chicago radio station. Many of them are unique recordings that exist nowhere else in the world. I heard a rumor that this collection existed from an alumni who had seen it in the 1960s. Um, so I started searching around on our campus for about a year before we kind of saw the tip top of this collection from a distance and cleaned out the basement in order to access it. Um, everyone we meet is really surprised to find what they are. All the maintenance guys around in this basement say, oh, I've seen this for 20 years. I thought it was just a bunch of junk. So they're all really interested in it and um, excited to know that there's a treasure down here for the past half century. We basically are removing these discs one by one from the shelves. Uh, they're very overstuffed and we have to handle them very carefully. They're so soft that our fingerprints could be imprinted into them and become audible when we play them back. Um, when we approach these, they are in absolutely no logical order. We've We've already identified over 250 discrete programs in that first quarter of the collection. It's really impressive range of stuff. Addresses by FDR and President Truman, Winston Churchill and Hitler, the US Open Golf Tournament, the Indianapolis 500, um, comedy, children's cooking shows, radio dramas, pretty much across the board. Among these discs are episodes of Destination Freedom, one of the key shows about the African-American experience that lead up to the civil rights era. So the collection has kind of three veins. One is student-produced Northwestern programming from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. We also have a really strong regional Chicago presence um, from mostly the 30s and 40s. And we have an NBC national presence throughout the whole period of the late 20s through late 1950s. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's kind of like a treasure hunt. Lone Ranger, Campus Correspondent, Theater Guild on the Air, I'm interested in those. WMAQ Daily Players, what's Prayers. that? Prayers? Yeah. 
We have some audio tracks of experimental TV broadcasts as early as 1947 so far. Um, one of them is a six-part Motorola experimental broadcast from Chicago that um, I think is pretty rare, as well as audio from more well-known shows like Howdy Doody, Cuckoo Fran and Ollie, Milton Berle, variety specials. You're all invited to the farewell surprise party that I'm throwing for myself tonight. Well, surprise party myself. You're throwing the party. Yeah. Where's the surprise? I'm paying for it. <laughs> it's an exciting time to find a collection like this, which is pretty rare, um, given its scope but also its size. I think it's one of the largest collections of transcriptions in the country. I've had, I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been fun. I think we're learning a lot too. We've been listening to some of the shows as we discover them and kind of talking about how different broadcast genres have been formed and learning a lot about those histories too. I just listened to one last night called Hey Sucker, which <laughs> I thought was really funny. It was kind of like a um, program warning adults on like how they can prevent being ripped off or schemed in the business world and it's it was oh, kind of yeah. funny yeah. yeah it's a local chicago program yeah. so it's kind of hey, yeah. what is what a perfect name for a chicago yeah. program yeah. that's great there you go audio heritage people yeah. audio heritage we were talking earlier about how cool it would be to to find like somebody's big break you know like a, a celebrity that wasn't famous yeah. yet that got famous for radio yeah, from radio right. so and they still just might find it the second round final deadline for applying for fall admission to Northwestern's MA in Sound Arts and Industries is April 15th, but you can apply now. For more information, please email sound at northwestern.edu or look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening to the audio newsletter of Northwestern University's MA program in Sound Arts and Industries. Today's episode, The Place for Sound, Part 1, featured interviews with Laura LaPlaca, Camille Nicolotti, Stefan Moore, Rick Morris, and Neil Verma. Our show was edited by Brad West, with original theme by Brendan Baker, and additional music by Evidence, a duo consisting of Scott Smallwood and Stefan Moore. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching Northwestern Sound to hear from a sound professional on Foley Art, journey through a virtual sound room, and learn about how sound works at Northwestern. <laughs>